0: Everybody, welcome to Bo Boys for Monday, March eighth. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And let's get into this, Pat, because we had three, eh, I guess two, big movies open this weekend. And yeah, I mean, we, we gotta had, we gotta talk about it.
1: We yeah, we had a bunch of new movies that all at least made over a million a piece. I mean, it's starting to feel like old times again at the BO. Well,
0: that's all I'll say. I'm going to go through the top five real quick. Yeah. And then we'll start talking about some of these movies. Number one, Raya and the Last Dragon made 8.5 million. Hmm. Not very good. That was number one. Number two, Tom and Jerry made 6.6 million. Down, only 53%, so not a bad drop for its second weekend. Number three, another new movie, Chaos Walking, put up by Lionsgate, $3.7 million. Number four, Boogie, made 1.2, And then rounding out the top five, we got The Croods, A New Age, still hanging tight, made $788,000. In its 15th weekend. So that's your top five. I mean it is.
1: This is by far. The biggest top five. We have had in a year. Mm -hmm. I mean you have got. You're looking at that top five. You have four movies. That have grossed at least a million dollars. We have not seen that in a long time. You've got a movie at the top made eight and a half. Another one made 6.6. I mean, those are, you know, those are not numbers that feel like the last few years, but it's like you could go back and look at 1979 box office and it's, it's probably around that. Like this is around with the Godfather made opening weekend. So it's starting to feel normal.
0: Yeah. So the issue with this is I think I was a little bit, I got a little excited last last uh, episode. We were bullish.
1: Post post that Tom and Jerry opening weekend, we we were feeling we were feeling a little bullish.
0: I felt like sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. And that is not true because Rye of the Last Dragon, it was tracking this weekend at 9 to 11 and ended up under that. yes. And, you know, the thing with Raya, so it had a few things working against it. It had the Disney Plus $30 premium rental that you could, you could do, a la the uh, Mulan. Mm-hmm. And also, Disney was being very stingy with its rental prices for theatrical. So Cinemark said, we're not showing your movie which is a pretty big deal. And you can see with these theater counts. So Raya was in 2,045 theaters where Tom and Jerry added theaters from last weekend, added 88 theaters from last weekend, and is at 2,563. So that's a difference of 500 theaters. Right. That should never happen. A big Disney animated
1: premiere movie should not be in less theaters than any other movie that's out that week. Yeah. It should have the most screens. So that is a huge failing on Disney's part to somehow lose the battle of screens.
0: And even with New York opening again. Mm -hmm. So, and from what we're seeing on deadline, it looks like that New York area made about one, Million dollars by itself this weekend. So we're talking Long Island, Westchester County, Connecticut, New Jersey, and then your boroughs. Mm -hmm. And that all made a million dollars. So, right. The other thing with that is they're reporting that not really much of that million went to Raya. Not a dragon town. I mean,
1: it's, New York's you know, not a dragon town. New York's not a dragon town. It's it's a basketball town. It's a gangster's town. Um, it's a you know. It's a hell of a town. It's a hell of a town. Greatest city in the world, but not the greatest city in the world for dragons. It's just not been part of our culture. You know, we're more of a a, a rat based society around New York you know if it was Raya the last rat I think there'd be some more interest around here um pigeons you know uh uh, syphilitic squirrels possibly but but not really a dragon town so that makes sense to me as a lifelong New Yorker Raya bombing in the boroughs makes sense
0: so it also was not doing as well in the four quadrants. It didn't open as well as the crude's. So mm-hmm. and that was in a Thanksgiving quarter corridor where people weren't getting vaxxed and a lot of these New York area theaters were not open. And so they're saying this is more of a female young skewing film, which isn't mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not that's not a bad thing, but it's just it's not adding up to blockbuster at this point yeah i mean based on
1: these numbers based on this opening weekend of making eight and a half million dollars raya the last dragon is it's raya
0: a, and the last so they're different raya, characters gotcha. raya, raya is, a person. is a non-dragon and then the last dragon is we don't know its name because it's not on the poster that i see
1: yeah. I mean, that could be a problem right there is you're trying to sell me on a dragon, but the dragon isn't even named in the title of the movie.
0: So there's. And the it first could even thing. be Rhea because I, I don't know how to speak a lot of times. So it could right, be Raya. Right.
1: right. I mean, there's a lot of issues here. But this movie, this dragon movie. um, It is a bomb. It is mm-hmm. an opening weekend bomb. Things could always pick up word of mouth. Maybe New York uh, starts getting turned on to dragons. Possibly, I don't think so, but but maybe.
0: Um, it's a theatrical but, bomb. So that's the thing. It's what, a theatrical bomb. We don't know how well it did on on premium PVOD on Disney. Clayton, are you
1: a B.O. boy or are you a streamo boy?
0: I'm just saying, because that's going to lead into something we'll talk about a little bit later, I think, which is, does Black Widow get this same treatment?
1: Okay. Because they're tease. talking
0: about that, that this may have been a big boon for Disney with this pretty much pocketing 30 bucks a pop instead of sharing anything with anybody.
1: Well, that the thing is, though... The numbers that we have in front of us and the numbers that other box office uh, experts, you know, such as our friends at Exhibitor Relations Co., those numbers are just this movie making eight and a half million dollars in its opening weekend, a weekend after Tom and Jerry basically made twice that the weekend before. So... All we have to go on is those numbers, and by those numbers, this movie is unsuccessful. It is on Disney to then show us these Disney Plus premium VOD numbers that are supposedly so fantastic because if we don't see those, then all I could assume is it's not that good because the BO wasn't that good, and therefore this movie— was not a success. Disney needed to be beating the horn, tooting the horn, sounding the bell, sounding the alarm, letting us know what this movie did on Disney Plus VOD. And we haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten the press release. I've checked our inbox at the BO Boys podcast at gmail.com. I don't see a Disney Plus press release saying that this movie did Baffa Bobo on VOD.
0: Well, Baffa Stream. I'll. Um, yeah, it's just curious to me why Disney wants to continue to, to harm their relationship with theatrical the way they're doing it. If it isn't because they feel like they're going to make a lot of money from the other avenues. Because right. the thing I mean, with, with, with Warner Brothers is that they gave these theaters a huge cut uh well at least like uh, cut their rental fees down pretty low in mm. order to say hey we're gonna basically give you these movies just put them in there and then we're gonna do this warner Brothers. we're gonna do this hbo max thing and we're scratching each other's back right right and yeah, disney's I mean, not Disney moving does not
1: scratch back Disney does not, is not known for scratching backs. I mean, we've talked about this before. My theory, which is going to be correct, is that the studios will end up owning movie theater chains and their own movie theaters as these years go on. I think Disney is probably the likeliest candidate for that. So Disney might be taking the tact of if these theaters go belly up, then we buy him on pennies on the dollar. And then we're putting our movies in the Disney movie theaters. You know, Disney wants to own all of the distribution of their product. They don't want to have to pay middlemen. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously they'd love it if they could just replicate how much they would make on a Marvel movie using Disney Plus rather than the theaters, which I don't think is possible. You need that theatrical stream to really make that kind of money um so i I, but i mean the thing is riot underperformed what experts like us and other prognosticators thought it would do even with all of the you know excuses that you ran through it still seemed like this movie would make double digits this weekend and
0: it didn't yeah, I mean, if it would have made 12, because I went 20, which was nuts. Mm-hmm. And I admit that. I admit that I got so hyped on the Tom and Jerry that I felt invincible, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I made a prognostication that was reckless. Right. But, you know, it could have. I mean, the thing is, I still believe it could have, but it was the wrong movie.
1: Right. I think we are in a climate now. And like we said last week, every weekend, every day that goes by, more people get vaccinated. The 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 box office health also gets better. I think we are in a climate where a movie could come out and make a 20 million dollar opening weekend. You know, if Tom and Jerry could make what it made last weekend and would it it ended up making 14 million opening mm-hmm. weekend? So if Tom and Jerry could make 14 in an opening weekend while also being available for free on HBO, then you we are at a point where a movie can come out and make a $20 million opening weekend.
0: And it only dropped 53%, mm-hmm. which was, I think, kind of what we both were saying. We were we were pretty accurate on our Tom and Jerry estimates. Yeah. Because we both thought it would drop maybe 50 to 60. And it's now at twenty two point nine million in its second week. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's people love Tom and Jerry. There's there's nothing else we can say. We thought it was a dead IP. That has been laid to rest. Obviously. Tom and Jerry generation. It's the Tom and Jerry generation. It's not so, the Raya slash Raya and the Last Dragon generation.
1: So did did Tom and Jerry cut into the Raya the and the Last Dragon box office?
0: Was I mean, it, it might have longer
1: than Disney thought it would be.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, when when they were going to put out this film, they never thought that something like a Tom and Jerry movie would give. A new Disney film, a run mm-hmm. for its money. I right. I don't think anybody thought that, right. uh, and and so I think yeah, I think there was. They did definitely. They're the same type of customer, and I think that did cut into it.
1: Right, and then when you talk about New York not really going for the Dragon movie, I mean Tom and Jerry. That is those are New York animals right there, cats and mice. You yeah, know, it takes is, place in New York City as well. Right, right. So that, that could have been a big problem for, for Raya is all of these New York City screens opened and New Yorkers wanted the familiar. They wanted to see mice running around. They wanted to see cats trying to kill mice in cold blood. You know, the dragon thing is too fantastical for a Manhattanite to relate to.
0: Yeah, but who hasn't in New York stayed at a hotel or an Airbnb where you have a cat chasing a mouse the whole time? Right. Right. Right.
1: And so I yeah, and you you don't you, you don't walk around Manhattan seeing dragons. And I think right now people are being eased back into theaters. So the way you ease a New Yorker into a theater is you promise them to look at mice, something familiar, something known, something that reminds you of home, which is, you know, right now, theaters have the work of luring people out of their homes. So if you want to lure a New Yorker out of their home, you say, listen, leave your mice at home. There'll be mice at this theater.
0: You'll look at mice, I promise you. It won't be that different. Well, the thing we do have to remember also about the New York opening is that it really is AMC, and uh, you know, there's there's a smaller theaters, and maybe some of the Cinemark theaters opened up, but Regal has not reopened in the city okay. yet because they said that 25% is not enough for them to be able to make any sort of money, so they're waiting until it's a 50%. Um, What is that? Uh, uh, Capacity. Capacity. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's a dangerous game for Regal to let people's habits get so entrenched in AMCs. Yes. You know, because if they wait too long in New York, New Yorkers are creatures of habit. You know, we love our we've got our bagel guy. We got our you know, place where we get the newspaper, our bodega guy, you know, we've got our one cab that we love to hail over and over again. You know, We got that one
0: homeless guy that we actually give money to. Exactly. You've got the one
1: side of the subway, that's the one you enter on. You never enter on the side across the street. That would be crazy. So New Yorkers like to find something and then stick with it. And if Regal is going to drag its feet reopening in New York, People are just going to say, oh, that's my theater. That's my AMC. I go to the bagel guy. I give a dollar to the one homeless guy that I care about. And I go to my local AMC. I don't
0: go to that regal anymore. Well, because AMC already has A-List, which is the Mm -hmm. best subscription service. Yes. Hands down. We are A-List members. We're part of an entourage. Mm -hmm. It is just very simple and and. AMC is going to get people so used to getting tickets beforehand, being able to see where can I sit and where can't I sit Mm -hmm. instead of showing up at a Regal at some point and, oh, this is blocked off. This is blocked off. It's I think that's going to be the edge that AMC will have over Regal is that they have a better subscription service and people, like you said, are going to be just used to going there. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. If I was Regal, I would I would, you know, swallow that bullet and open these theaters, even if you're running at a loss for a few weeks with the 25 percent capacity, because otherwise you're going to wait too long. And New York is going to have moved on. They're all going to have selected their AMC. That's my guy. You know, that's that's the guy where I get movies from. I got a guy and -hmm. my guy is AMC.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Tom and Jerry, though, probably very strong in these markets, in this mm-hmm. New York market. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that million went to Tom and Jerry. Yep. And mouse-based urban
1: markets,
0: Tom and Jerry probably did really well. Now, a film that did not do well anywhere. Oh, boy. Chaos Walking made $3.7 wow. million it played in less theaters than Tom and the Dragon movie, about 1900. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this was, and I not feel like, it was a, a dump. They dumped this film. This was a yeah. film that they did not have any sort of, they, they did not want to hold on to this any longer. They'd had it for a while they had no confidence in it mm-hmm. and so they said listen we're just going to put this out see what we can get 3 million for this movie is 3.7 for this movie is probably very good because in any other marketplace it's going to get trounced if this was mm-hmm. normal movie going time
1: yeah, so you think it actually made more in its opening weekend now than it would have made in a non-pandemic time? I mean, that's tough. Three point eight million is so low. This is a movie that cost one hundred million dollars. That they thought Lionsgate thought they were making a franchise. They yeah. they bought the rights to a series of books, thinking this is the. It's first not books. Their- it's a it video is. game. It is. It is based on the sci-fi. Trilogy, Chaos, Walking, adapting its first book. Oh wow! So this is some YA bullshit. Yeah, this is a YA. This is this is their attempt at having made a new Hunger Games.
0: Oh well, then that was stu- uh, then. Yeah, this must have been in, in the works for so long. Yeah, it's been it's in been in pre production for ten years. Wait, was Nick Jonas? Uh, didn't Nick Jonas just host SNL and he's in this film? Did he mention it at all? Uh, He did not, as far as I remember, mention this. He
1: did not uh, pull at Timothy Chalamet and wear a hoodie of the movie or the production company. I mean, that would have been interesting if Nick Jonas came out on live television on SNL And wore a chaos walking or Lionsgate hoodie. But he did not do that. Which, I mean, that shows it's a lack of confidence in this movie. So he was probably right not to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if Nick Jonas had walked out on live television wearing a chaos walking hoodie a few weeks ago. And then this movie opened the way it did to $3 million. That
0: hoodie image would have haunted him. So... Smart move. Yeah, so this, I think, failed just because people had the sense that this was a stinker. Mm -hmm. Anything that, I mean, but, you know, the thing is, there's movies that are on the shelf, like, look at War War, uh, with Grandpa. Mm -hmm. That was on the shelf for a way longer time and was not a stinker. So shelf doesn't really mean stinker. I mean, especially this year, because
1: everything's on the shelf to some degree. Um, but then there there are just movies like War with Grandpa that are more eternal, you know? And Chaos Walking did have a shelf life. Um, and I guess it's, it's just... When these movies tank, these sci-fi... These attempts at sci-fi franchises, they tank really hard. You know, Chaos Walking is one of those movies where if people don't want it, then nobody wants it. Because if that sort of sci-fi comic book nerd gamer community isn't into it, then who's going to be into it? Yeah, it's true. Um, so this movie, Chaos Walking stars Tom Holland, who's Spider-Man and Daisy Ridley, who is the last Jedi Does this movie mean anything for either of these actors? I mean, Tom Holland never seems to be in anything that's successful that's not a Spider-Man movie, which I guess doesn't matter because he could just keep doing Spider-Man movies. But it is telling he's becoming one of those Marvel actors who basically can only get a hit if, if he's the character.
0: Well, Voice acting wise, Spies of Disguise did not do that poorly a little bit ago. Remember the Will Smith, Tom Holland two-hander where they, well, Will Smith that that was is, a penguin. Uh, not that's, people, a a a long, pigeon.
1: that's a long walk though to say the animated movie he was doing a voice in didn't do that badly. Like if that is the best non-Marvel uh, uh situation he's had at the box office, he's in trouble.
0: And then he had Cherry, which came out in limited release and then is coming to Apple Plus this weekend, I believe. Okay. That was directed by the Russo brothers. Okay. In a bald attempt to get an Oscar. Okay. And it Tanked critically. So that's bad for him. Right. I don't think this. The interesting thing is. How do I say this without sounding rude? The kid's only going to be Spider-Man. Right. So I think there's this thought that everybody who is a superhero in a film is going to go on to other successes And we've seen that's just not the case. I mean, you Mm -hmm. look at the Superman, the Brandon Roth. He's back Mm -hmm. doing CW DC shows. Mm -hmm. This doesn't, just because you do well in a Marvel movie or a superhero movie doesn't mean that you're going to be a star in other types of films. And I would say, I don't think we've seen anybody really succeed Who didn't have some sort of work beforehand. Right, right, right. I mean, like Chris
1: Evans, sort of. But he had a long career before that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the classic, of course, is Chris Hemsworth, who is only Thor. I mean, Tom Holland, he must do those Marvel team up movies. And he looks at Chris Hemsworth and he sees him having to just be Thor the rest of his life. And it's sort of like the ghost of box office future. You know, that is your future, Tom Holland. You are going to be bombing in every single thing other than your Marvel character. You look at Chris Hemsworth and you see Black Hat and you see, God, what else has that guy even been in? You see the 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 uh, heart of the sea and you see all those movies and that might unfortunately be your box office future, Tom
0: Holland. But it seems like he, uh, you know, like he seems like a great guy. Yeah. And one of my things was this was just more promotion for his Spider-Man movie. I, I watched clips of Mm. interviews with him recently. And all he's talking about and all he's being asked about is Spider-Man 3. That's all he's being asked about. So this is good promotion for him just to say hey I'm here Spider-Man 3 is coming remember how good I was as Spider-Man I don't think this harms his career in any way it's probably pretty disappointing for him personally which sucks but I don't think I don't think anybody was expecting him to be any sort of star maybe his management but I don't I don't know if anybody else is expecting him to be a huge star but they would have been pleasantly surprised if he broke out but I just don't see that in his future. Now, uh, someone like him, prove us wrong. Like, that's yes. what creative people do. They prove you wrong. Yes. So I have no th- nothing against him. The numbers are saying what the numbers are saying. And mm-hmm. prove us wrong, Tom yes. Holland.
1: Use use the B.O. boys calling you a future Chris Hemsworth. Use that as fuel. Well, Chrissy Hemsworth, as-
0: remember, we still need to, because, I mean- the reason I am where I am right now is because we were talking about Chrissy Hemi and not using Chrissy Hemi. And yeah, they always sometimes bad things happen
1: to us when we talk poorly about Chrissy Hemi. But Tom Holland use this as motivation to find better scripts to, I mean, maybe act better. I don't know. To uh, uh, work with, Better directors and to do better at the box office. Use this as that motivation. We'd be happy if one day Tom Holland is on The Tonight Show or he's on some kind of BuzzFeed internet show or whatever, whatever, you know, people are being interviewed on in the future. And he's talking about his new movie that's a non Spider Man, non Marvel movie that just made 100 million. At the domestic box office. And they ask him. How did you get here? How did you make this non-Spider-Man. Non-Marvel movie. Such a sensation at the box office. And he says. One day. I was listening to the real boys. Or management put this clip. Of the real boys in front of me. Where they talked about how. My future is probably going to be. No better than that of Chrissy Hemi. And I heard that. And it motivated me. And it made me stronger, and it made me into the box office force that I am. I would
0: love to hear that. Yeah, I would. He'd say I wield my anger as a sword now. Yes, yes. We'd love for him to say that. Yes. Also,
1: it would be great promotion for our podcast, Synergy. We, We, you know, we we fuel his fire, and he, you know, throws us a little publicity. No, no publicity is bad publicity. And uh, that would be great. But this chaos walking number coupled with, you know, Cherry being basically a non entity. It's not good signs for this guy. It's not good signs for Tom Holland. He's he's dangerously fallen into that area of all he could do is play the superhero character.
0: So the the thing too with this movie before we move on is that it seems like reading this deadline article that it was the victim of a regime change at Lionsgate as well. Okay. That this kind of we had the president Eric Feig leave. Okay. And then Joe Drake came over and. They saw Lyman, Doug Lyman's cut and were unhappy with it. And then they did some reshoots. But then there wasn't much motivation for them to really fine tune this and and pump more money into it to make it into anything more than just a dump. So right. it, this is a, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater situation. So that didn't have uh, this movie was going to fail, not from the jump, but definitely uh, had the fingerprints of a failure all over it. Right. This is a so movie that we, 10 years ago started out having a, a a script by Charlie Kaufman. Or at least an attempt at a, a script by Charlie Kaufman. Right. Which didn't end up as this movie at all. No. Um, so it went through a lot of different iterations.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not good for Tom Holland. He could definitely recover from it. But I think that window is starting to close for him where he could be a big movie star outside of Superman. I mean, as far as Daisy Ridley. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And then Daisy Ridley is kind of in that same boat, I think even further off in the sense that at least Tom Holland could still play Spider-Man in the future. Daisy Ridley, her Star Wars movies are done. So she's going to have to figure out how to be some kind of box office presence in non Star Wars movies.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so there's just so many of those English actresses that just get these parts in these like period films or mm-hmm. small indies or you know those uh something something like the the Yesterday, something like that. She's the love interest in a movie like Yesterday. There's just not much space for these actresses or like actors like Tom Holland in in big movies anymore. Right. Right. Unless they are genre. Right. I mean, I think. The
1: and this is this is the nightmare scenario. They end up on TV. You know, when you see Daisy Ridley on the next season of The Crown, that's when you know Chaos Walking did a lot of damage. And that's when you know. Um, So that is Chaos Walking. Anything else we want to go over in this? Well, we do have another. uh, uh, The number four movie this weekend was
0: also a brand new movie. Boogie. Which... Came in at 1.2 in about 1,200 theaters. And this is a small, this was released by Focus Features. Mm -hmm. It's a small film that got not very great reviews, Mm -hmm. but it is looking it up right now. It's it's, um, Eddie Hong. Yep. So he's the
1: creator of uh, Fresh Off the Boat. And so he wrote and directed
0: this movie about a basketball phenom who lives mm-hmm. in Queens. Nice. New York, and one day so. dreams of playing in the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this 1.2 came mm-hmm. from those boroughs and that outlying area because they love basketball. Yep. And, uh, we all remember Lynn sanity. Yep. Yeah. New York is a basketball town.
1: um, I would love to see that breakdown movie by movie of what New York did. I wish we got that every weekend. I would love to just look at the New York City rankings.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: New York, I'm just looking at a deadline article about the New York box office opening. New York was indeed the top market for both Chaos Walking and Boogie. That makes sense. So, Boogie opened on the right weekend. It might, it might make some dollars now that New York is back in play and theoretically opening more uh, availability, you know, every weekend.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a, and it's a film that is targeting a specific demo, but it's also about a topic that will draw in people outside that demo as well, which is good. I mean, This movie may not have been critically acclaimed, but it definitely did well for the type of movie it is. Yeah, I mean... 1.2 mil is nice for this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think of the release this movie would have gotten even in non-pandemic times, you wouldn't think it would open much more than a million. So this is a pretty... I think this is a pretty good number.
0: But I tell you, without those New York uh, areas... This movie ain't making 1.2. This movie's no. making 700, maybe. No.
1: Yeah, Boogie is a love letter to New York, I assume. And I think New York
0: wrote back and said, thanks. Thanks for the love letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good good for Boogie. Let's see how it does in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Number five, still holding tight, Four Quadrant Warrior, The Crude's a New Age. Mm-hmm. It's only down 37%. As I said, made about 800000 It's It's losing some theaters, but it's made $53.6 million. So the magic number for this is we're looking to see if this is going to beat out Tenant. Okay. Which I believe is at 57. Yeah, I think it was 57. Yeah. And here's a big story that we didn't mention, and we're gonna probably brush past this pretty fast. Is that remember when I texted you about the hullabaloo of Tenet opening in the New York markets and how that was gonna be a big deal? Yes, yes, that
1: New York. I don't see it anywhere finally, on this chart. I do not. New York was finally gonna be able to see Tenet in the in the movie theater. That's all New York supposedly was talking about. You know, Christopher Nolan. In his mind, at every, you know, bodega and, and barbershop and, and newsstand in, in New York City, all anyone could talk about was, finally, we're going to get to see Tenet. That it would be, uh, let me, let me, uh, yes, I'd like one hot dog and also I'd like to see Tenet. I can't wait to see Tenet. That's what Christopher Nolan's, his fantasy world of New York was just, Times Square, filled with people who were just banging
0: down doors, begging to see Tenant. It's so, it's so funny that Warner Brothers clammed up. No, they have given us no numbers on it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. nobody went and saw that that movie in New York theaters. No, nobody, nobody,
1: nobody. So but Christopher Nolan. He thought you that, that people were going to start pulling down the Statue of Liberty in in protest of not being able to see *Tenant* in a New York movie theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, last I checked, Statue of Liberty is still there.
0: It is. It still, is
1: still standing
0: proud in the New York Harbor. So that's hilarious. We're looking mm-hmm. here. Fifty-seven point nine million is what Tenant ended up making. So let's just say fifty-eight. Okay. If the Crudes can make over fifty-eight, then that beat out Tenant, which I think is possible. It's possible. I mean, this movie has been out
1: so long and it's so widely available at home, but it is so much more of a phenomenon than Tenant, the Dead Horse was. Mm-hmm. So. I think it has a chance. I think the crudes could do it. The thing is, the crudes is going to have to start making its money these next few weeks because we're going to start having some big releases at the end of March, April, and then May. The floodgates just open with huge movies again. Yeah. So do we want to segue into doing a little bit of looking ahead? Some of the there were some big moves.
0: In the movie schedule for the next few months. Well, yeah. Let's talk about these moves because one of the okay. biggest moves. Mm-hmm, F nine. Yep. Moved again from May twenty eighth to June twenty fifth. Yeah. Which is smart. This is more of a foreign move. This is more of a move for foreign markets. Mm-hmm, because you know the Fast and the Furious movies are foreign juggernauts they do mm. well in domestically they do very well domestically big opening weekends every we all go we all go opening weekend if you if you don't go to f9 opening weekend or if you don't go to the new fast and furious movie in general on the, on the first weekend you're not a fan no like sorry you're just not because it's like you can't miss church and that's church right, right. and so it's chur- open it's big church
1: on it's church on easter sunday you know, mm-hmm. it's church for the days when you don't go to church all year, but of course you go to church on Easter Sunday.
0: Oh, yeah. Every other day you can miss church. Yeah, of course. It's the same thing every time. Right. So Except for Easter when it's... it's when it's bigger. It's and bigger.
1: And that's F9 opening weekend. People got to go. So So F9 is now moved to June 25th.
0: Yes, which was and still is at the moment Venom 2 let there be carnage this weekend there's thoughts that that might move god it's got to i mean when
1: we had our special episode uh maybe a month or two back with jeff from exhibitor relations co we talked about our predictions for what would be the biggest domestic earner of the year my prediction was venom let there be carnage because i looked at the schedule i saw its release date june 25th and i said That's the best release date based on all the vaccine projections I was getting from my sources a few months ago. I figured by June and especially the end of June, the box office would be in good shape. There'd be enough people that could go that then you'd really have some giant numbers by then. And F9, I think is thinking the same thing where they're like, We could open the end of May or we could just push it a few more weeks and then it'd be a lot more people who could go to the movie. So all that said, I can't imagine those two movies opening the same weekend because those are probably the two biggest
0: movies of the year. Well, Hotel Transylvania 4, we are saying, is also going to be huge. That will be huge. I mean, my thought, I'm looking at
1: the release date schedule for June 2021, You know, there I would think Venom is going to is going to move. And I think it moves up a few weeks is my guess, because I'm looking at June, June 4th. The big movie coming out is is Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It, which is a new Conjuring movie. That's a franchise that's kind of on the way petering out. Yeah. Then June 11th, there's really nothing. It looks like there is an IFC film coming out June 11th. June 18th is uh, In the Heights and something called Luca, which I'm going to guess is an animated film from Disney. So my guess is Venom moves a couple of weeks earlier to either June 11th or June 18th or just goes straight up against The Conjuring on June 4th because it should be able to cream that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I would be shocked if you get those three weeks in June where this kind of small movies opening and then F9 and Venom both open on the
0: 25th. They can't. They'll cannibalize each other. Yeah. That's a cross. I mean, if you look at those circles, those are crossing over. Those are almost full overlapping circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, almost an eclipse. Yes.
1: So my... I'm going to bet Venom, Let There Be
0: Carnage... Moves to June eleventh. That's my guess. That's a good. That's a that's a good guess. Now, with the f nine move, it mm-hmm. created a domino effect a little bit, not a, as a huge domino effect as we've seen previously. And it's not negative a lot of ways because a lot of things are moving up. So mm-hmm. Quiet Place Part Two is now moving into that f nine slot. Mm-hmm. So it's opening May twenty eighth, which I think is a good time for it because. Again, it will do well foreign, but it's not going to do as well foreign as F nine. Quiet uh, Quiet Place was a huge domestic earner, Mm -hmm. so I think this is a good move for it. And then Munions two, which has been delayed because of COVID, but also because they didn't finish drawing it yet. Okay they keep just i don't know what they're doing they're procrastinating but they're just the, a lot of the reason why this is getting moved is is because they needed more time and i think they still need more time right cuz like it's, the deadline keeps coming up and they're like oh that's right munions okay that's right okay we got to finish it so this is moving all the way to july 1st 2022 it's so interesting to think that they don't have enough drawing of
1: munions because the internet is mostly Munyan's drawings at this point. So just use some of these Munyan's drawings that I'm constantly seeing on social media and just get the movie out in time. Yeah. The world is not lacking uh,
0: uh, visual representations of the Munyan's. Not at all. So we've got that. And then our last big one is Peter Rabbit. Which is moving up. And it's moving to May 14th.
1: Wow, that's great. I mean, I'm looking at May. May, as it stands now, is a full-on huge summer month of releases. I mean, right now you've got Black Widow on May 7th. Peter Rabbit 2 on May 14th. May 21st, you have Free Guy, which is the long-delayed Ryan Reynolds video game action movie, and Spiral from the Book of Saw with Chris Mm. Rock, a a Saw continuation. Yes. And then we mentioned on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th, you've got A Quiet Place 2 and Cruella, which is Emma Stone's Joker version of Cruella DeVille. PG Joker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that is a huge, huge summer month. So right now it is clear Hollywood is looking at May and saying the pandemic is over. We're back. That is whether they're right or not. That is clearly the way they're looking at the, the schedule.
0: Yeah. I mean, just looking at from May on mm-hmm. is exciting. I mean that that's that's gonna be if everything goes to plan. Mm-hmm. We will have boff-a-bobo. I mean, this show is we're always on uh, going on all cylinders, but we're right. gonna need more cylinders. Right, right. In order to handle the amount of Bobo that we're gonna get from these mm-hmm. films, I just think it's. I'm so excited about it. It's motivating me to to just go on. Right. Yeah. It
1: is. It's, it's finally looks like the box office is going to catch up to us. You know, it'll catch up to the, uh, energy that this show has had for the last year, even with a lack of box office. And it looks like the box office is, is, box office is finally working its way back up to our level. Yeah. um, yeah, so I mean, we're going to have a lot more to talk about in terms of predictions and news about the summer release. But it's, yes, yeah, summer basically starts May 7th with Black Widow. And then it is back to business from then on. But, I mean, April does have some big movies, too. There's a Mortal Kombat movie. There's um, mm, That's not going to be big. Uh, it's not going to be. And looking at April, I guess not. There's Shiva Baby. Um, yeah so as far as new releases this weekend there so the Friday March 12th there does not look like there are any big releases this kind of week this weekend and the next few weeks kind of feel like what summer 2020 felt like where it's a lot of IFC films horror movies stuff that is a little bit questionable as to whether, you know, it's not just something that someone made in their backyard and created a a, a shell corporation production company. Nothing really big these next two weekends.
0: No. Nothing even opening wide according to yeah. the numbers. There's yeah. everything is limited release. Yeah. So these next two weekends. It's going to be the chance for
1: the movies that are ready in the top five to really, you know, pad the stats. And maybe Jerry this is, Tom yeah. and
0: Jerry is going to do really well here. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get
1: to because time is time is, uh, you know, a limited uh, resource. Let's get to our predictions for this coming weekend, you know, which is basically going to be the holdovers. But do you think there will be any shifting in the top five?
0: Oh, that's a great question.
1: Does Tom and Jerry hop over Raya and the Last Dragon? You know, they were about 2 million apart this past weekend. Is Raya really going to plummet? And Tom and
0: Jerry take the top spot. The thing with Tom and Jerry is it has more theaters. It has way I mean it has five hundred plus more theaters right. than Raya. Raya. Right. So uh, there's a possibility there. Yeah. And and in in Tom and Jerry, beloved IP, I I could see it jumping back to number one. Absolutely. I could see it number one, Last Dragon, number two. Mm-hmm. I think Chaos Walking stays where it is at number three, just because the next movie that would overtake it is Boogie. And I think Boogie is more of a, uh, you know, Burroughs play. Okay. it's And yeah, the Crudes isn't going to jump up too much. So, I, I mean, I think that's the, the way it's going to go. But I do think Tom and Jerry overtake Raya. Yeah,
1: I I'm you know, I I know we like to have different predictions so that we could have that, you know, sort of uh, uh, competitive battle that people like out of their radio shows. But I'm going to go with you. I think Tom and Jerry
0: gets to number one next week. Because I think what could also happen and this seems to be what is happening with. The Warner Brothers movies in general is that. Looking down at the bottom here, number six, Little Things, dropped 405 theaters. Number seven, Wonder Woman 1984, dropped 317 theaters. Judas, at number nine, dropped 366 theaters. Some of those theaters are going to The Last Dragon, but some of those are going to Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Because they're seeing where the business is. And -hmm. these theaters are understanding... Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're gonna get rid of the all these theaters that are playing Wonder Woman 1984, and we're gonna give not all of them, but some of them to Tom and Jerry, because that's our top earner. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think that's we're we're gonna see that being possible because we're gonna see a bump in its theater count again, especially when there's nothing until the end of March. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they got to just pack people into these theaters and they got to give them what they want, which is Tom and Jerry. Yeah.
1: And then as more New York capacity opens and more theaters open, you know, it's just more, it's mice people, you know, it's, it's just New Yorkers who, who maybe they don't love mice, but they, they understand mice and they are comfortable with mice. And we, are going to pick Tom and Jerry.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think we're also going to see, since, again, the HBO Max release schedule, is it's only on that service for a month. Right.
1: So, so it's been there for two weeks.
0: No, I guess it's only
1: been there at this point, like 10 days.
0: Yeah, but so it could bounce back again after that window closes. Yeah,
1: yeah, it could. But I I think, yeah, I think these holdover movies, they've basically got the next couple of weeks to really clean up before then. You got a couple of new releases coming at the end of March, which we won't talk about now, but maybe we'll talk about next week.
0: Yeah, and this bodes well for the crudes though, too, because the crudes can just continue to be in theaters because nothing's going to push it out. Yep, yep. All right, well, we did it, Pat. We did it. Like we always do. We did it. And where can they find us? Email us at theboboyspodcast
1: at gmail.com. Let us know. Is it Raya? Is it Raya? Would you have been more likely to see that movie if the dragon's name had been in the title if it had been the name of the last dragon would that have influenced you in any way let us know at the bo boys podcast at gmail.com
0: and i don't think there's anything left to say
1: before we go i just have to make one apology for last week's episode Last week was a wild week. We had the Tom and Jerry opening weekend numbers were huge. And it had been a while since we had had such a uh, a big number like that. And because of that, I failed to mention that everyone should meet me in the Jake Fogelnest patreon that is the place to be that is the place to feel safe it is the place to find cool interesting content such as full episodes of squirt tv squirt tv clips and anecdotes from squirt tv listen i last week i i was i was uh with family all week And um, I neglected my duties. I'll be honest. I had a few hours where I was not in the Jake Fulton's Patreon. A few hours where I left. And as great as it is to finally see family, it was a mistake. It was a mistake to... Leave that warm embrace for those couple of hours of the Jake Fogelness Patreon and all of the Jake Fogelness Patreon members creating that warm, safe, interesting community based around Squirt TV, of course, and based around Jake Fogelness opinions of recent pop culture, old pop culture, 90s pop culture especially, what he's listening to, what he's re-listening to. And I stepped away from that community for for a few minutes. It wasn't long, but it was long enough and I failed to mention it on last week's episode and so for that I apologize. And as big as the box office may get in these next few months, I cannot forget my duties. And that duty is letting everyone know to join me in the Jake Fogelnest Patreon. All right,
0: well, there's nothing left to say, but until next, time, next time, we'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at the. the Box Office, office. Nails.